Father, you are the Lord most high. We are here today again to adore you, to worship you, and to tell you that you are everything. You are all we can ever desire. You are all we can ever hope and have. Take your place in our hearts this morning and reveal yourself to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We've read two scriptures this morning, John chapter 14, verse 6, and John chapter 3, verse 16. And we're going to go to the third and final part of our Eternal Life series. And I'll be talking to you this morning on what I caption the God kind of life. Hallelujah. The God kind of life. When we talk about life, there is a big question that comes to many apologetics and even to those who study uh, anthropology as to where life begins. Some people say life begins when a child is born. Some say life begins at conception. And people have different theories as to when life begins. And then you have people who support some of these theories and they go to the extent of saying that until a child is born, that child is not a human being. And so therefore they have the right to abort that child or terminate that pregnancy because according to them, until a child cries, that child is not certified to be a human being. It is, it is shocking and disgraceful to know that a couple of months ago, the state of New York passed an abortion law that says that until a child is born, that child is not a human being. Meaning that even if the echography and everything is showing the child in your home, you have the legal rights in the state of New York to abort that baby. That is the law that passed. But for us as Christians, where does life begin? When does life begin? And if you go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, this is what the Bible says. It said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. It said, for I ordained you, consecrated you to myself. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So what is God saying? Life does not begin even when a child gets into the womb. God says before you ever came into your mother's womb, I knew you already. So if God knew me before I came into my mother's womb, who are you to take me out? So anybody that supports any law that advocates for abortion, saying that it, it is a woman's right to take out the child, you are not supporting what the scripture says. Amen. Amen. I have told you time with that number that in the kingdom of God, there is no democracy. It is not about how you feel. It is about what the word of God says. The only time that abortion is allowed medically is if you have what they call a topic pregnancy, meaning that the baby is developing in the tubes of the woman, which will either take the life of the woman. So in order to save the life of the woman, because the baby itself will not live, so they will take out the pregnancy in order to save the life of the woman. That is the only time that abortion is allowed. Even if you are raped, that child is still sent by God. Is somebody hearing me? That child is still sent by God. The director of my Bible school told us a story that led the whole class to cry. And he said when he was growing up, one day the father called him to tell him that you are not really my child. 
Amrobas broke into the house and raped your mother. And that is how we conceive you. But this man is a great man of God that built the Bible school that I went to. If he was aborted, many destinies would have been aborted. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Listen, God has children in heaven and he wants them on the earth. The means, the, the means on how they get to the earth does not matter. Some of us came out of well law. Some of us came in, in well law. Some of us came by pregnancy in high school, but we all came to the earth. The transportation does not matter. It doesn't matter how you came to the United States, you are here now. Because you want to judge how you came. Many of us are, are going to go back. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are here now. So who are you to terminate a life because you think that the way to come is not right? Life begins with God. And no man has the power to take life except God. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Is somebody hearing me this morning? It looks like some of you are supporting abortion. The way you are staying quiet and suspecting all of you. Are you for abortion? <laughs> The way you all stay quiet, like maybe some of you want to open abortion clinics and I'm trying to spoil your business. <laughs> From the scripture we read this morning, which I already said some weeks ago in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And I said that, Jesus said, I am the way. Meaning you have to find a way and you have to know the truth in order to experience the life. If you find a way and don't get the truth, you cannot experience the life. That is why there are many believers who have known Jesus, they've give, given themselves to Jesus, but because they don't know the truth, they are still under the devil's captivity. The Bible says, my people perish for lack of what? Knowledge. If you don't know the truth, you will still be under the captivity of the devil. So you need to know the way. You need to know the truth. And so you can experience eternal life. And in John chapter 3 verse 16, it makes us to understand that eternal life is not something you are going to receive when you die. It is not something you will get after you live this life. The Bible clearly says in John 3 16 that whoever believes in Jesus has eternal life. You have it already. Hallelujah. I said you have it already. Amen. If you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life. Amen. It is not something you are going to get. You have it already. The problem about eternal life is this. Many of us have it, but we can't experience it. It's like life insurance, I mean health insurance. Many of us have health insurance, but our deductibles are so high, we can't experience it. For example, we have a life insurance that your deductible is 10000 Meaning you have to spend the first 10000 before the insurance ever kicks in. And this is the scam about insurance because what kind of sickness am I going to be affected with that will cost me to spend 10000 So I'm paying them all this morning, all year long, for nothing. The only time you can use that insurance may be either you're about to get a surgery or you're involved in a real-life threatening situation. Without that, you are paying the insurance always without ever experiencing that insurance. There are many of us like that, we are believers, we have received eternal life, but because we don't know the truth, we cannot fully experience the eternal life that God has given to us. But as we are learning from God, as we go through this series, you will come to the point where you will start benefiting from the life that God has given to you. Amen. Amen. 
Every human being has natural life. Even animals have natural life. The only thing that distinguishes a human being from, a, from an animal is eternal life. Is somebody hearing me? The only thing that makes you different from an animal is the life of God. If the life of God is not in you, you are not different from a gorilla. That is why some people who don't understand that we are different and we have the life of God think that we are a product of evolution. We came from an ape. Because according to them, we just have natural life. But for those who understand the scriptures, understand that the gorilla cannot have eternal life. An ape cannot have eternal life. Therefore, we are different. Hallelujah. The gorilla cannot believe in Jesus. We are different. I have eternal life. And they cannot, they cannot have eternal life. So this is what distinguishes us from every other creation that God ever created. In John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus said to Nicodemus, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Like I said, it is the born again experience that distinguishes you from any other animal. That is why if a man is not born again, he can act like an animal without even knowing. Now, for many of us who are born again today, you will look at it, some of the things you did back in the day and wonder if that was you. Because Without eternal life, you are just an animal. You can do anything. That is why people do all kinds of crazy things without even recognizing that it is wrong. Because until you receive the life of Christ in you, you are just an animal. They can do anything without ever recognizing that what they are doing is wrong. Jesus realized, I mean, God realized that the life that he gave to man naturally could not help man. Man was limited in every way. I've thought about this, which will help you answer so many questions in the Bible. When you understand the seven dispensations in the Bible, it will help you understand a lot of things that many Christians are confused about. For example, why is it that in the time of Moses, you could not marry your sister? It was called incest. But in the time of Abraham, it was allowed. Because Sarah... Was Isaac, was, was Abraham's cousin. They were family. Jacob was married to Leah. They were first cousins. Why was it allowed in their days? But it was not allowed in the time of Moses. There is something we call dispensation. God was changing dispensations in order to bring man back to himself. When God created man, man was in a dispensation of what, what we call dispensation of innocence. Meaning man did not know what was good and what was wrong. Whatever they did was right because there was no good, there was no wrong. Until the enemy came and introduced man into sin. Then he took man into a second dispensation called the dispensation of conscience. That is when, when Cain killed Abel, his conscience was troubling him because now they knew what was good and what was evil. And then from that dispensation, they went to the next dispensation called dispensation of the promise. In Genesis chapter 12, when God will call Abraham out of his father's house and say, come out from your father's house and go to a land that I will show you. And there I will bless you. God designed this so that Abraham by the promise will come out from his father's house and build a nation that will fear God. But it did not still work. Then God brought the law, which ushered the dispensation of the law. God said, by providing these laws, I will, I will restrict these people not to do evil so they will walk in my ways. It did not still work. Then the Bible clearly says now 
In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent for the Son, born of a woman under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. What does that mean? God gave man natural life in the Garden of Eden. Man was not able to conquer this life. Man was not able to live the life that God wanted. And God said, the only way for me to help these people live the life that I want them to live is for me to give them my own life. Is somebody hearing me this morning? I am going to give them my own life. And that life is going to help them live in dominion. That life is going to help them live in prosperity. That life is going to help them live in success. That life is going to help them live above sin. So until you receive that God kind of life, you see a natural life. Any man who has not received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are just a normal human being. But when you have received Jesus into your life, you have the God kind of life in you. Hallelujah. This life in the Greek is what they call the Zoe, the God kind of life. It is not natural life. It is supernatural life. Hallelujah. God gave us his life so we may live like him, we may be like him, we may do things like him. What therefore is the God kind of life? We are going to describe this life in order to help you understand what you have received. Number one, the God kind of life is life that overflows. I thought a Christian here would say amen. amen. The God kind of life is the life that overflows. In John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it what? In abundance. I like the way the Amplified put it. said, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy. Listen, enjoy. So the life that God is giving to you is an enjoyable life. Many of you are not enjoying life. That's why you can't say amen. I said the life that God has given to you is an enjoyable life. Amen. amen. He said that I may enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full. And he says what? Till it overflows. The life that God has given to you is an overflowing life. Hallelujah. Life without limits. Life with no boundaries. An overflowing life. Do you know how many lives that the devil has stolen? How many lives that the devil has destroyed? Corrupted? But Jesus said, the life that I'm giving to you, the devil can't take it away. Amen. The devil can't destroy it. Amen. The devil can't corrupt it. Amen. It is an abundant life. The life that overflows. Hallelujah. Amen. The devil is able to destroy lives. He's destroyed marriages. He destroyed relationships. He's destroyed visions, businesses. But God is saying to you, my child, the life I have given to you, no devil can destroy that life. Because this is not natural life. Hallelujah. It says, but you have received life, the Zoe. You are a life donor. May I say to you that because of you, many will live. Because of you, many will live. Now when the Bible says that we should enjoy life, many of us are so twisted in our minds. Because we think that to enjoy life is to drive a Ferrari and live in a luxurious house and have servants to enjoy life. 
Enjoyment is all a matter of perspective. It's in the mind. I always say this, for example, before the colonial people ever came to Africa, were we not enjoying? When our forefathers used to wear what they call sanja, if you know what I mean by that, when they just tie something around their waist and they were all chest open, they did hunting, look for vegetables, they had no oil, no salt, they even lived longer than today. Will you say they were enjoying then or now when they have diabetes and high blood and all kinds of diseases? So enjoyment is a matter of perspective. You can live where you are and enjoy. You can have what you have and enjoy. You can be wherever God has placed you and enjoy. Hallelujah. Enjoyment is a matter of perspective. Some of you think that I need to have a good car to enjoy. I need to live in a good house to enjoy. I need to have so much money to enjoy. You can go to McDonald's and order your two for two and enjoy. Is somebody hearing me? The little that God has given to you, you can enjoy it. You don't need to be in luxury to enjoy. When you understand that the life that God has given to me is an enjoyable life, every day of your life will become enjoyment. Amen. But when you think that it is more money that you get to enjoy, even those who are millionaires are looking for more money because money does not give joy. But when you have the God kind of life, nothing can steal your joy. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Nothing can steal your joy. And nothing defines your joy. Because happiness depends on happenings. But joy depends on Jesus. Amen. If I have Jesus in my life, I have joy. Life that overflows. Because of you, many come to Christ. Many people's lives are changing. You are affecting nations. You are affecting communities because you are a life donor. Hallelujah. Your life is overflowing. Because of you, many people's employments are changing. Families are changing. Marriages are being fixed because of the life that you have. Life that overflows. That is eternal life. Number two, what is eternal life? Life beyond the power of sin. Life beyond the power of sin. Do you know one of the greatest lies that the devil has told the church to believe? And many of you believe that as long as I'm in this flesh, I cannot be perfect. It is logically true, but theologically not true. Because the Bible says, be perfect, in other words, be holy, for I am holy. But we've been deceived to understand that we have the inability to please God. So whenever we do something wrong, we say, I'm just a human. Don't judge me, I'm just a human. And we always make these excuses. But the life that God has given to us is a life that empowers us above sin. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that we will not make errors. But sin is not a problem. Is, is somebody hearing me? There is a difference between committing the same sin over and over and making a mistake. If you are doing the same thing over and over and over, then you have a problem of sin. But the life that God has given to us is the kind of life that when I make a mistake now, I get up, I wipe myself, I'm not going back there again. Because God has given me the power over sin. If you are still living the kind of life where you, you do the same thing over and over and over and over, check the life you receive. Because the life that God has given to us is life that gives us power above sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us see 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. It's a very long verse from verse 1 to 10. This scripture, when I read it, I feel like just speaking in tongues. It's so nourishing because it tells me who I am. Now listen to this. I want you to look at it, but don't spend time. You can take it down when you go home and you read. 
I'm trying as much as possible not just to preach but to teach because I'm trying to give you information that will help you understand what God has given to you. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle. Apostle means special messenger. That's what I like amplified. He puts it in bracket to tell you who is an apostle, a special messenger of Jesus Christ. To those who have received, obtained an equal privilege of like precious faith with ourselves in and through the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 2. May grace, which is what? God's favor and peace, which is perfect well-being. What is peace? Peace is perfect well-being. In all necessity, necessary good, all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears, agitation, passions, and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 3. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by his, by his own glory and excellence virtue. Verse 4. By means of this, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceeding great promise, so that through them you may escape, listen, you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, covetousness loss and greed, and become shares, partakers of the divine nature. What does that mean? When we receive Jesus in our lives, the Bible says, God gave us the ability to escape from the corruption of this world, from the lust, from the greed, from all the things that corrupt others in the world. God gave us the power to escape. So the life you have, you, you've received is a life that empowers you above greed, above lust, above corruption. You are no longer subject to these things because when you receive Jesus, God gave you a flight away from these things. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 5. He said, for this very reason, adding to your diligence, to the divine promises, employ every effort in, ex in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence. Verse 6. And in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. And in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance. And in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness, which is piety. Verse 7. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. And exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. Verse 8. For these qualities are yours. Amen. I thought the believer would say amen. amen. For these qualities are yours. Amen. It's not something you are going to get. It is yours. What does that mean? When you receive Jesus into your life, you receive an excellence in your spirit. Amen. There is patience in your spirit. There is holiness in your spirit. There is, there is everything you can ever need for life and godliness. God gave it to you in a package when you receive Jesus Christ. Amen. Now what is left for you is to develop them. Hallelujah. Amen. When is a woman pregnant? Is it when the baby, is it when the stomach is big? Or when is a woman pregnant? From that very first day that that seed drops into the womb, she's pregnant. So even if I'm not showing, I'm still pregnant. Even if you're not seeing holiness in your life, there is holiness in your spirit. Amen. I thought someone would say amen. amen. Even if you cannot see patience, God has deposited patience in your spirit. Amen. All you have to do is develop it. 
develop it. That's what the Bible is saying. It says develop it. It says, for as these qualities are yours and increasingly abounding in you, they are in you. Tell somebody they are in me. They are in me. Tell somebody they are in me. Hallelujah. It said they will keep you from being idle and unfruitful unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. It said when you have these things in you, they will keep you from being idle and being unfruitful. Your Christian life becomes fruitful because you now understand what God has deposited in you. Verse 9. It said for whoever lacks these qualities is blind. <laughs> whoever lacks them is blind. Like I said, if you have natural life, you are blind because you don't know what is patience. You don't know what is holiness. You don't know anything, so you follow your desires. You are blind. Blind spiritually, short-sighted, seeing only what is near to him, and has become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from the old sins. You become blind to the fact that you receive eternal life, and that person you are living is no longer you. It's Christ that is living in you. And verse 10. He said, because of this brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure to ratify and strengthen, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble or fall. Amen. If you do this, you will never stumble or fall. Why do many Christians fall? They don't, they don't know this truth. They think, oh, God is going to help me overcome. God is going to help you with my weaknesses. They are all, the power to overcome is in you. You need to develop it. Hallelujah. Life above sin. Life above sin. That is the life that God has given to us. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse, 4, verse 15, it says, We have such a high priest who was tempted in every way, yet he did not sin. If Christ did not sin, and that Christ lives in you now, it means that same power that Christ had over sin is in you. Hallelujah. It's in you. Life above sin. So the man who has not received eternal life has the obligation to sin. They can sin and they have no remorse. But those of us who have received the life of Christ, we are empowered to live above sin. Hallelujah. Sin is not a problem. We are empowered to conquer sin. And lastly, which is important, it is life beyond the natural. Eternal life is life beyond the natural. A woman went to the hospital, a believer, and a doctor diagnosed her with stage 4 cancer. And the doctor was surprised. Why is it that this woman is still working and doing all the things she's able to do, while other patients with that same diagnosis are already in the hospital about to die? The difference is that the others were functioning by natural life. But this woman had supernatural life in her. Is somebody hearing me? This eternal life we have received is not, just, is not just going to help us go to heaven. There is something about the eternal life that dominates even our physical nature. Let me show you from the Bible. In Romans chapter 8, verse 8 to 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 8 to 11. It says, So then, those who are living the life of the flesh, Catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to Him. Verse 9. But you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells in you, directs and controls you, 
But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ. He's not truly a child of God. Did you hear that? Did I say that? If you don't possess the Holy Spirit, you are not truly a child of God. The Bible says so. Then this is where it's interesting. He says, but if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the spirit is alive because of righteousness that he imputes to you. Verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore life to your mortal bodies, your short-lived perishable bodies through the spirit that dwells in you. What does that mean? Even when the doctors are saying that my natural life is finishing or is about to die, there is another life. I have a backup. Is somebody hearing me? I have a backup. I have two lives. I have a natural life and I have eternal life. My eternal life is what empowers my natural life. So the doctors can only control the natural life. But there is another life that the doctors cannot control. Hallelujah. I may be dying physically, but spiritually I am alive. Because the life that God has given to me is life beyond the natural. Amen. Life beyond the natural. That is why I go to my job sometimes. My colleague shows up with the flu. And his nose is leaking everywhere. And some people are afraid to touch even the keyboard that he touches. And then the colleague is like, all of you become to say, everybody here minus me. Because I have a life that is not based on nature. Is somebody hearing me? I am not saying I go now and take somebody's uh, <laughs> liquid and rub on you and say, it will not affect me. It will affect me. If I find myself somewhere by obligation, God is going to protect me. Because the life that I have is not natural. Supernatural life. Hallelujah. In the Bible, Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 18. I don't know if you have this scripture in your Bible. It says that they will take up serpents. And if they drink of any deadly poison, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. Did you ever read this in your Bible? Say you will drink poison and it will by no means hurt you. The man of God from Nigeria that we all know, Pastor Enoch Adeboye, had a house help in his house. There was an agent of darkness. For more than five years, this house had put poison in his food every day for more than five years. The man of God did not die. <laughs> I mean, for more than five years, every day, they add, they add, they add. The more the man ate, the more fresher he becomes. Because the life God has given to us, poison cannot take it away. Amen. I'm not saying I go and take poison and say, Lord, and I have eternal life. I'll be at the funeral. <laughs> if somebody is trying to poison you by accident, it will not kill you. Because you have supernatural life. Life beyond the natural. Somebody put something for you to jump. And it's not you jump, you're going, your legs are going to swear. I will jump that thing and it becomes slim. Because the life that I have is supernatural life. Hallelujah. Supernatural life. Nobody can kill you. No witch can kill you. Because the life that you live, that Apostle Paul said, is no longer you that lives, but Christ that lives in you. Supernatural life. Amen. There was an interesting story in the Bible in Acts chapter 20. Apostle Paul was being transported when he was arrested and taken to Rome. They came to an island called Malta. And the people of this island were so hospitable to the apostle and his crew 
and they, they lit them a fire for them to warm themselves after all the night uh, of cold nights in the sea. And while Apostle Paul was guarding sticks, a viper was inside that sticks. And the Bible said a viper came out and stung the man of God. Listen, a viper is one of the most dangerous snakes. It is said that if you are stung by a viper, it takes five minutes for you to leave. Five minutes for you to see the reaction. So when the people of the island of Malta saw that this man was stung by a viper, they all were watching and looking at the clock. Well, in five minutes, he's about to die. They, they noticed Apostle Paul found the fire. He put his corn, I don't know whatever he was roasting, whatever it was corn or plum or whatever he was roasting. And he kept, and it looked like, hey, 10 minutes, this man is still alive. 15 is still alive. And when they have waited for a long time, they concluded this man is not a human being, he's a God. Because they didn't understand that all of them had natural life. But the apostle has supernatural life. Life that cannot be taken away by a viper. Hallelujah. This is eternal life that God has given to you. Hallelujah. Nobody can take this life away from you. He says, I am crucified, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. You have eternal life. If you have received Jesus, you have eternal life. Hallelujah. Some believers are so careful that if they go to somewhere else, maybe they were drinking, let's say, in a place, and they went out to pee. When they come back, they won't drink it from that cup. Because they saw somebody must have poisoned me. When you are a child of God with eternal life, no poison can take you out. Amen. Hallelujah. No poison can take I'm not saying I go and see poison and drink. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying as you live your life, don't be afraid of anyone who can only destroy the flesh. Bible says be afraid of those who can destroy both flesh and the spirit. This is eternal life and the life that God has given to us. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you have this life in you? I said, do you have this life in you? Yes. The reason why many of us are not able to enjoy this life, like I said, is because we don't know the truth. And until you know the truth, you can't fully experience the life that God has given to you. So as we end this series today, we have established that Jesus is the only way to eternal life. The only way. If you don't believe in Jesus, you are on I-495 to hell. If you don't believe in Jesus, you are on short track to hellfire. You need to experience the truth in order to fully take advantage of the life that God has given to you. And I said, eternal life is not something you are going to receive. You already have it. And lastly, if you are here today and you have not received this life, you can receive it today. Amen. Amen. I say you can receive this life today. Amen. Amen. Let's turn on our feet. You can receive this life today. I don't know what you heard this morning, but you can talk to the Lord. Close your eyes and talk to the Lord. Close your eyes and talk to the Lord. Close your eyes and talk to the Lord.